You want to create a buzz and make people leave and feel excited because when they get back to their offices, they're going to remember that feeling. They might not remember every conversation they had. They might not remember, you know, every agenda item, but they're going to remember how they felt. As we head into the first fall event season post-pandemic, it's clear that things are different now. We saw a lot of change in the spring and had some incredible conversations over the summer. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nolan Uther. And I'm Olivia Van Kieran. This season on Event Horizons, we're talking to event leaders on the front lines to uncover lessons from the past few years, how they're setting the stage for the fall event season, and what this means for the overall future of the events industry. We're going to give you the insights you need to build a year-round digital forward events program that attracts and engages attendees, sponsors, and exhibitors. To kick off the season, we're going to bring you along as I attend our first in-person event since the pandemic, Experiential Marketing Summit 2022. And we'll wrap the season with my experience at HubSpot's inbound conference in the fall. Back in April, after two years at home, I hopped on a plane to attend the Experiential Marketing Summit in Las Vegas. Like many other attendees, EMS was my first step back into in-person events since 2020. And I was excited, but it meant taking an early morning flight and leaving home, including my wife and kids for a few days. Good morning. Good morning. Daddy's getting ready to go to the airport, okay? Okay. I love you so much. Goodbye. I'm going to call you when I get So, there. Nolan, tell me about your EMS experience, because this was your first major in-person event that you'd been to um, since the pandemic started. So what was it like kind of going into that event? Yeah, not only was it my first major in-person event, but it was like my first time out of the house where I wasn't just going to the grocery store or something like that. Uh, going to the airport terminal was crazy, going to hotels. I mean, at the time, this was back in April, you know, we, I was still wearing masks everywhere. There were still, you know, dots on the ground for standing six feet apart. There was hand sanitizer everywhere. It was a little hectic and attendance. I mean, EMS, the event itself was incredible. We won the B2B event of the year for the X awards. So, I mean, we had a great time, but you know, it was very clear that even though we all wanted to be back in person, we weren't quite there yet. Um, it was still kind of that in-between stage and attendance was down. I mean, if you look at the data from Skift meetings, they say that I think attendance at that time in the spring event season was at about 65% of pre-pandemic. The the interactions you have, you know, I've run into two or three different people I haven't seen in three years. Walking through the reg area or walking on the show floor, you don't get that virtually. Um, and I know people do different gimmicks and tactics and all of that, but there's some real human things that you just won't be able to get. But even with all the excitement that was building up to EMS and the return to in-person events, there was still some uncertainty. I remember how nervous we all were just to be around so many people. It took a little getting used to. Some people were wearing masks everywhere, others weren't. Even just hanging out in the airport terminal was a bit nerve-wracking at the time. You have to imagine that people who hadn't traveled for in-person events were weighing the value and benefits of attending in person when there were many virtual event options going on at that time. There's way less of a time and financial commitment with virtual experiences, and event professionals are able to reach way more people because of that. We'd grown comfortable attending events like these from our laptops, but we all had some virtual event fatigue at the time. I, I feel like I talk with a lot of people who are kind of just over virtual, um, and I think that's they, they're probably doing it wrong. You know, they're probably just 
just like staring at a screen, which isn't fun. And so being here, we see a lot of like really interesting ways to, to keep people engaged, whether that's like um, performers or games or entertainers of different types and like putting those into their virtual events. Yeah, like it's not hard to understand why people would be fatigued and burned out of virtual events when all you're doing is looking at PowerPoint presentations all day, right, Liv? Yeah, totally. I mean, you have to think about how those really compelling aspects of an in-person event, like they were talking about, you know, um, performers or games or entertainers, like those things can be translated to a virtual format to engage attendees. Um, It doesn't have to be that you're just sitting there, you know, looking at a PowerPoint. Um, There are ways to kind of make your event interactive and you just have to think kind of outside the box. And I think that's the beauty of the events industry background and in-person events for so long. Like there are things that we tried and we, you know, we do, and we see even now in in in-person events that can be carried over into this format that really came out of nowhere and became a lot more prevalent in the last couple of years. Yeah. And it's continuing to evolve. Like I I think it's hard to even find examples that don't necessarily map from in-person to virtual. Like we've seen DJs, we've seen performers and comedians, we've seen um, you know, slido polls and interactive elements that let uh, the attendees actually have a say in the content that's being produced in the same way a Q&A would or something like that. And actually, in some cases, we're finding that the virtual elements make it even more engaging than potentially than in-person events because it kind of flattens things out. You don't have to be, if you want to do a Q&A or you want to have uh, your voice heard, you don't. You can raise your hand uh, at Q&A, but then that's going to be the person that's the loudest voice in the room as opposed to, you know, everybody getting an equal voice when they when they vote on a slido poll yeah it's really the best of both worlds you have that flexibility and that comfortability that we have with virtual events but you have all these elements that um you know make it more immersive um like you said like a dj or like a slido poll like that makes the content and the experience just that much more engaging um but you still you know have the benefits of virtual where i can attend you know, at home, um, you know, in the comfort of my basement where I, I'm recording right now, but, you know, still connect with people all over the world. Totally. And we're seeing them up, up level the quality of production, include more things like video, uh, interstitials and lower thirds and things that you're used to seeing in like a live sports production or a live, uh, you know, award show or something like that, as opposed to just a typical webinar. You know, originally we were going to publish this podcast over the summer leading into the fall event season, um, but we had some delays. And so now we're actually publishing this in October and half of our team is at IMEX as we speak. So we've actually convinced a couple of members of our team to join us today to talk for a few minutes about IMEX and give you guys a taste and a sense of what an in-person event in the fall 2022 season is. Um, for those of you who can't be there, we hope it gives you a sense of, of what you can expect. And uh, if I had one major takeaway from this conversation, it's that in-person events this time around are back. Joanna, Paula, thank you guys so much for joining us from uh, b- the busy floor at IMAX in Las Vegas this week. Hello. We are so jealous that we're not there with you guys right I now. I know. I wish we were. <laughs> So first of all, the energy here is so different from EFS. There are so many people. There are maybe 1% of people wearing masks. Everybody is shaking hands. Everybody is 
very into talking, stopping at the booth, understanding how we support in-person events and hybrid events are the main things that we're talking about. How we can make the attendee experience for a hybrid event equal-ish for both in-person attendees and virtual attendees is something people are really interested in. Metrics, um, check-in, registration. We've gotten so many questions about registration. So you see that like there's a theme that like these events are coming back. They're coming back in droves. There are just so many people here like who all they do is plan events. (laughs) So I think that speaks loudly. How are people talking about hybrid? Are they are they saying the word hybrid or are they just kind of talking about hybrid in terms of adding digital forward or virtual elements to their in-person events? How, how's that conversation going? Nobody has actually said the word hybrid, but everybody has been making the connection. The thing that I have heard is all about engagement and how to get their attendees to be engaged, pay attention, network with others, um, and be within the platform. The people that understand that those like virtual elements are going to be there forever have been asking, oh, show me attendee networking. Like, oh, that's so great. Even if they're not wearing their badge, like they can still, they can still like just shake and connect with somebody at like the reception. I'm like, yes, yes, they can. Like these are the elements that like that is a that is a hybrid experience because like even if somebody's somewhere else, even if somebody's across the room or next to you, like you're doing the same thing. That's what that's what that is. That's what we're enabling you to do. And they're all making these connections. You see the wheels turning. They're thinking about their own events, going, oh, oh I didn't even think about that. Wouldn't that be great for that thing? It's really so interesting. people are, you know, hugging who have like been, you know, uh, partners for even the past year and haven't met in person. And, you know, they're finally getting to meet these people in person. And a lot of the conversations yesterday too really were about that in-person element. But, you know, we have our interactive wall here. And one of the questions yesterday was in 2023, are you planning on hosting more in-person or hybrid events? It was kind of equal, but more of my conversations were about in person. So I would say it's definitely leaning towards that. But everybody is bopping around here and, you know, kind of checking out everybody's booths and what they have going on. Um, And there's all kinds of fun elements and uh, activations and pictures. I still have to make my way through this this place because there's so much going on. So. What are some of the activations that you're seeing? And do you think that since April have exhibitors kind of leveled up what they're presenting, what they're um, having at their booths? I mean, I think absolutely, right? Like we're leveling up at the same time we're going back to the basics. Like we even still have like right in front of us, there's one of those like, it's not the 360 like picture, but you know, you can go in with your team members or yourself and you can like, you know, take a cool picture or they have like, different backgrounds going on and like even like the totes we're giving away like people are crazy about the totes but like tote bags have been around in the event industry for you know years and I mean the slap bracelets are doing great people are loving the stickers but like the tote bags like people are still loving it and 
I think because everybody's just so excited to be back in person, we're up leveling like what we have like going on and like those conversations and you know what we're offering, but we're also bringing it back to the basics. The point of this podcast, I think, is really to try and give people, especially event professionals, as much of a real time look at what's happening in this industry as we can. Um, and, you know, we all know it's been a long couple of years. It's already a stressful industry at times anyway, with all the changes. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure a lot of event professionals are at IMAX being the biggest trade show about, you know, events in the industry. But for those that aren't, I'm sure their their hearts are full <laughs> hearing that, you know, events really are back now uh, as much as they possibly can be and, and continuing to evolve and continuing to be on the cutting edge. I would say that just because you build it doesn't necessarily mean that they will come. And that sometimes, even though we have something for them to use, like a, like a live stream or an app or a speaker bio or a vidcast video, those are all great pieces and tools that we can wrap into one thing. But from an attendee perspective, if they aren't engaged with that, if that's not engaging for them, then they're not going to use it. Even though it's there, they're not going to engage with it. So it's up to the event planners, the creative thinkers to look at that and say, how do we up the production value of all of this to get this to be something different than the 15 other virtual events that they just went to? Production is what keeps attendees engaging and coming back for more. And in this new era of events, it's so important. Exactly. The content and production has to be compelling enough for a virtual attendee to stay tuned in instead of answering emails, replying to messages, and just generally tuning out. Or something that you can skip altogether and just watch later if you even watched it at all. But there's another challenge here. Though so many of us are excited to return to in-person events, some would rather stay home and attend online. Which brings us to... Hybrid events. With in-person and virtual components, organizers want to figure out how people can attend an event in person or attend the same event virtually and all feel like they're immersed in the same event. But how exactly do you create a successful hybrid experience? If I'm in a room listening to a speaker and there's 200 people with me, how do I feel the power of 5,000 people that are at home watching with me and collaborating? That's what's so great about having a mobile event that ties it all together because not only can I answer a poll, that I can then see on the screen right away, but I see 10,000 votes for a poll when there's only 200 people with me in the room. And then I can jump into the chat and I'm having conversations with people who are all around the world. Attendees should be able to get a unique experience no matter how they attend. In-person attendees can focus on the in-person elements, but also have the opportunity to network with virtual attendees and vice versa. There can be different ways of experiencing the event, but at the end of the day, both attendee groups should leave with an equally valuable event experience. From the, the attendee perspective, from the user of the platforms, think about how right now it's still fairly new. This whole experience of having these two separate events feels new to us, but eventually it will feel normal. That will be the norm for all events. So having a mobile application at an event that you're in person with and you're using it 
you'll automatically know that that's just coming with your event. Like you're always going to be looking out for that app to download when you get that invitation or you pay for that ticket. So it'll start to feel less like two separate events that you're planning and it will start to feel more cohesive as that becomes the norm for the attendees. It's just going to evolve that way just naturally because now we have the technology to do so. So with the right programming and event technology, organizers can create true integrated experiences. But how to get this right is continuing to evolve. Event professionals are still trying to find the right balance here. They're asking, when does hybrid make sense? And when it does make sense, how do we make the attendee experience for all attendees as seamless as possible? We hear over and over again how tough it is to plan hybrid events. And it seems like the definition of a hybrid event is changing all the time. But just like in other areas of our life, it seems inevitable that even in-person experiences are going to continue to lean into digital elements. But if you're going to be successful, you have to go beyond the bare minimum. So hybrid is not just putting a camera in the back of the room, right? And I think for a very long period of time during the pandemic, people thought that that was enough. It's not. You really need to look at all the experiences as unique experiences. So it's not all just about in-person and virtual. Blending the lines of hybrid, that's going to be the new norm. Um, people are going to want to be able to access the information when they want it, how they want it, and you need to meet the attendees and customers and clients where they are. The role of events within a broader marketing strategy is really evolving. How do we stay in front of our customers year-round instead of providing one to two in-person touch points per year? We have to start thinking about the unique benefits of each event format. Exactly. Virtual events have proven that they have a place, but they're not just a direct substitute for flagship in-person events. Moving forward, it's really going to be about finding the right balance to achieve your business goals. Whenever I try to convince my senior leadership of making an investment in something or, or bringing them along with an idea I have, uh, I always start with what's the value to our company? Is it customer acquisition? Is it revenue? Is it um, stickiness of our products? Like, at the end of the day, what, what event that you're planning, like how does this contribute to our bottom line? And this is where data becomes so important. People always say like the data is gold and more data, you know, the, the better. But I think in this case, it's especially true because we're gonna be able to remember personal preferences that our customers have from one event to another. And it's gonna become more than, I'm looking at these siloed email metrics and reporting on clicks or, um, we held a webinar and this many people attended and this is how engaged they are. All that's going to come together and it's going to, it's not going to be just events reporting or digital reporting. It is going to be reporting like 360 degrees total customer experience. And so that data is, is really going to truly be a goldmine for continuing to optimize and keep your customers happy. Data helps us paint a fuller picture of the customer journey. We need to be able to prove ROI to internal stakeholders, sponsors, and exhibitors. Over the last few years, event professionals have had to become part data scientist, part content creator, part event producer. Being in the events industry was already a difficult job, but now you're expected to learn all these new skills and wear all these new hats. Yeah, it's a lot. We saw our events industry get decimated. How many agencies and organizations lost great people through furloughs and layoffs because there just was not work. Folks didn't have the skill set for virtual. So, you know, there's the great resignation. 
there was just so much human turmoil as a direct result. And I think the live events industry, the hospitality industry, the entertainment industry, live concerts and all of that, obviously got hit in, in some respects the hardest outside of frontline workers in the healthcare industry. So I think there's skills gaps that need to be addressed. I think a lot of us, good, bad, or indifferent, are now virtual event professionals. So I think the next time that this happens, let's not forget where we've been. Let's not be the traditional humans that we are and get lazy. Let's take all of these learnings forward. Let's be mature about it and be honest with each other that we're gonna need to make some mistakes to get better. Let's not make the mistake of forgetting what we've learned. All in all, I had a great time at EMS. It was awesome to be back in person, but I think I left with more questions than answers. In the months since, we definitely learned a lot, but as we begin the fall event season, we'll finally get to see how everything continues to play out. Well, we're just getting started. We're going to try to uncover answers to all these questions in our upcoming episodes. Next episode, we're going to be talking about the return to in-person, the changes and challenges event organizers have seen lately, and what's on the event horizon. If you have the same questions, or you're just trying to gain more perspectives on this constantly evolving industry, stick around. Until then, I'm Nolan Ether. And I'm Olivia Van Curen. Thanks for listening to Event Horizons. This podcast is brought to you by WebEx Events, formerly Socio. Before you go, be sure to leave a review and follow the show so you don't miss an episode. And we'll talk to you next time on Event Horizons.